0: Hold on to your hats, the countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join us on August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one, but two days of powerhouse wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite Wellness Couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite Wellness Couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well and You. Be someone that makes you happy.
1: TheWellnessCouch dot streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind, featuring Doctor Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world class in anything you do. I am Lawrence Tam, co founder of the Wellness Couch, and as always, by my side, Champion Mindset co host Marcus Pierce.
0: LT, great to hear your voice. Great, man. You know what? It is literally a couple of days before the summit.
1: Wow. It's uh, exciting times, exciting times. We are uh, head down, bum up, I guess, and uh, just being prepared to have all hundreds of people coming from all over Australia (laughs) into one place. And I hope that we see you there. I hope that we see you guys, uh, the listeners there, and uh, make sure you come and say hello.
0: Absolutely, because you know what I don't like is when people email you or Facebook you and go, I saw you at the summit, but it was so busy, I didn't actually, and I didn't want to come up and annoy you, and I didn't come up and say hi. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening, you have permission from LT&I, please, we will be frustrated and annoyed if you don't come up and say hello and give us a hug, and we want to give you a hug. So please come up, and we love engaging with listeners. That's what the summit is all about. It's like our annual catch-up, so look forward to seeing you there.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, listen, before we head into the summit, we want to uh, decide to do a podcast with uh, to bring on uh, one of our good friends, uh, Colin Boyd. Colin Boyd has actually worked with many companies. I've known Colin for quite some, a number of years now, probably going back, I don't know, I would say probably three years or more. Um, uh, he's worked with companies like Allianz, Anytime Fitness, um, Xerox, HP, Suncorp Insurance, and many, many more. And what he's really genius at and what he's skilled at is showing them how to not only make the most of the time, but also how to enjoy it in the process. He is the productivity guru uh, that I've had him speak in my and to my personal coaching uh, uh, clients. And uh, I would love for him to share his insights with you guys, the inside champions, mindset, uh, and, uh, you know, listeners to this amazing man. Welcome to the show, Colin Boyd. <laughs> Thanks, Lawrence. It's a pleasure to be here, Colin. So
0: good to hear your voice. I'm very excited. This has been uh, some time in the making. Having you on inside the champion's mind, I think. Uh, I mean, there's so many places and so many questions. I'm sure Lt and I both want to ask. But I'm just going to go straight off the bat from the top. I want to know about you and how you plan your, not plan your life, but I want to know how you plan your day because a lot of people, they they, they love, they listen to this podcast, they love the idea of living a great life and doing it well and having a great mindset and all the rest of it but I like to get into the details. I want to know when you wake up in the morning, what does the productivity guru Colin Boyd
2: (laughs) do in order to live a really fulfilled day? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. Uh, it's great because I think you know when it all comes down to it, it, it comes down to how you're managing your day, and that's a really nice kind of bite-sized chunk. So, uh, I mean, I know for me, like personally, I haven't always been productive. I don't know about you, but my story is uh, I worked in corporate for a number of years, uh, really enjoyed that space, but got made redundant and basically uh, started my own practice and um, consulting company. and And I guess I had a really quick wake up call, and, and I. Um, realized that if I wasn't super productive and effective with my time, then I wasn't going to put you know, food on the table on Thursday. Uh, so I had to work out how to be really productive. Um, and personally, uh, I'm naturally probably unorganized, undisciplined and shiny thing syndrome person. So I had to learn some strategies that were helpful for that creative style side of me. Because a lot of the time I was listening to a lot of productivity experts and learning a whole lot. But they were people who were probably more naturally organized than me and I wasn't as naturally organized. So, um, so for me, you know, in terms of organizing my day to answer the question, um, you know, I, I think about one of the principles that I love to teach people is around prioritizing, prioritizing. And, um because so often I was actually running a workshop today for a, a mastermind group, and one of the ladies actually put up a hand, she said, one of the hardest parts is about actually prioritizing um, my or getting to my priorities and and it 's actually because a lot of the time we don 't prioritizing we don 't prioritize the prioritizing, so in other words, we don 't spend that you know ten to fifteen minutes at the start of the day and just get super clear on." Um, what we actually want to get out from the day, whether it be the top five things. I usually do five things as a maximum. Um, And I've got like a little system that I run through. It's called the Daily Output Booster. I'm happy to give it to any of the listeners. Um, But it's like a one-page cheat sheet that basically gets super clear in terms of what you want to get out of from your day. It helps you to understand what the whole day is about from the context of the quarter. Um, So it gets your head out of the nitty-gritty stuff and just keeps you contextually focused. And, um, yeah, and then it also just organizes it so that you can actually get get into your day effectively. Uh, Personally, I've got young kids, so, um, you know, doing stuff that I want to do in the morning can be challenging. But as a generalization, I usually wake up pretty early and I'll go to the gym at around 6 a.m. And if I can get a gym session in before the kids wake up and then come back, help with the kids and then kind of start my day around the 8.30 mark, Is usually like that's a pretty good start for me, but but it's that prioritising prioritising piece uh, is is the the key or the difference that makes a difference a lot of the time.
1: Isn't it amazing that uh, once you have kids, your productivity, um, protecting your productivity, is so becomes very, very uh, important and high priority. That's I don't know it, about yeah, you, but it's uh, before that it was just like whatever. Yeah, totally. I'll <laughs> totally. work till i worked till midnight, and uh, no problem. And then when sleep <laughs> deprivation changer. comes, it's uh, like, oh man, I need to change the way I do things. Uh, anyway, yeah. so uh, so tell me, I mean, Colin. I know, like I've known you for a while, and yeah. uh, I know that you've spoken at uh, many corporations, uh, and that's. You know, at first, I think you it became a corporate speaker and speaking to many businesses. And obviously, you talk to a lot of people who work in that corporate space. And you were a corporate employee at the same time. So, you know, what is the human makeup, do you think, that causes us to be so unproductive? Like, do you yeah. think it's a, it's a genetic thing that's actually within us? Or do you think, do we blame it on society, on the way our technology, you know, has evolved or the way we're communicating? What, what's the problem? Where's, why is it getting worse and worse?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a neurological thing. Uh, So what I mean by that is our brain was designed very much to keep us alive as opposed to make us productive in a nine to five business environment. And so um, there's three things that I usually teach about the brain, which I'll share now. And basically, I think if you understand these three things and you understand why maybe we're not as productive as we want to be, and then, uh, and then, you know, if we've got time, I can share a little system on how to work with your brain more effectively. So, from a neurological perspective, there's kind of three limitations, and the power of these limitations is that they're almost like helpful limiting beliefs. Um, a lot of the time, coaches will talk about limiting beliefs that you know you've got to get past them and break through them, but these are actually really helpful to understand because when you understand them, they actually help you to leverage what you've actually got neurologically. So the first one is that your brain's designed to be distracted. Um, So what I mean by that, it's designed to notice things around you and kind of run that shiny thing syndrome uh, pattern where you chase after the shiny thing. Like for example, I was running a workshop today and I got everyone to get out their phones and and put on a timer on their phone. And literally within 30 seconds, one of the ladies said, oh my gosh, I've just opened up my emails. And so like I told them a very specific task and she got distracted straight away. It's because our brain just goes down those rabbit holes. So our brain's designed to be distracted. Second of all, our brain's only got limited processing capacity. So we've got a part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, which is the really cognitive um, thinking part of our brain. And that's only got really limited juice. From the research, they, they, they basically have found that you can use up that really clear thinking time in as little as 20 minutes up to about 60 minutes. So you actually don't have as much really powerful thinking time as you think Um, And then the third one is that you can only do one complex task at a time. So in other words, the true definition of multitasking is doing a complex task and an uncomplex task or a conscious task and an unconscious task at the same time. That's true multitasking. For example, you know, right now I'm talking to you, which is a complex task, and I'm also moving my hands while I'm talking to you, which is an uncomplex task for me. So that's true multitasking. So those three things work against us. In terms of an office environment, in terms of running a practice, you know, or whatever environment you're in, those th- those three things around distraction, limited juice, and um, uh, what was the other one? Complexity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's complexity great, versus complexity. It? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, those three things work against us. So, you, when you understand them, working the opposite or learning how to harness that is effective. Okay.
0: So I'm writing all of this down feverishly and I hope everyone listening is writing this down as well. So when you're talking about the brain and you're talking about limited processing space, I'd like to plan my day the night before um, before I go to bed. But when you're talking about this limited juice, are you saying that like the big stuff where – you know, it requires concentration and focus. Is that, you know, for, for you it might be 8.30 in the morning till 9 o'clock in the morning yep. or 8.30 till 9.30. Are you kind of leading here that you want to work on the most important task at the beginning? Is the juice m- most readily available at the start of the day or is it, you know, kind of at, at any time
2: in the day, just whenever you kick into gear? Yeah, well, uh, the one of the two things that only – that replenish it is glucose. um, So some sort of sugar and a break, like actually having a lunch break or even just a 10 minute break where you just have a bit of a brain break. So you, I kind of think of it as, think of your day as two key pockets. So you might have a key energy pocket in the morning and then a key energy pocket in the afternoon. And the most productive people work really hard to protect those pockets. So for example, uh, even in the workshop today that I was running, one of the ladies had this kind of aha moment where she realized that she 's been setting up these coffee chats with people with you know potential clients and 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 even just you know friends and so forth at around ten o'clock in the morning. But she realized that that is actually the energy pocket that she needs to protect to do her best work or her most valuable work and that and then so realizing that maybe I can you know push that off to the afternoon where it 's a bit lower in terms of her energy pocket. Um, and and having a coffee with someone is not that difficult. So yeah, so protecting that that part of your day that's really crucial and doing high dollar, high impact value work uh, will be the difference that makes the difference a lot of the time.
1: It's so true. That's a uh, high energy, like that whole impact work in the first thing or wherever that time is, it's uh, very vital to kind of protect that with, with all your might. But yet, like you said, with that lady, we Go down that rabbit hole very, very quickly because it's almost like trained in our brain to go after those emails, and I, I'm guilty of this. I mentioned that many times, and I was just talked on about, our
0: most recent podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man, like, and I've actually named the the the, the, the you know email vampire, you know, and uh, Taki and I actually, you know, T- you Taki and I were just yeah, discussing yeah. this over lunch just yes, yesterday. Actually, we we're just like developing a way to get to have the uh, email vampire slayer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so what is your? Because that's. Emails are usually where a lot of, especially business people, um, get caught up in regards to you know answering emails or just how to deal with all the emails that we got because obviously we're communicating uh, at that level a lot more. What are your What are your suggestions on email? Like, how do you slay the email vampire? This
0: yeah. is this is therapy for
2: LT Cole
1: and everyone else. <laughs> this show is all about my therapy <laughs> session. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, about? absolutely. Um, so, a few thoughts uh, is first of all, I mean, email. As most people know, you know most of the stuff in your email. Eighty percent of it's not really the most important activity, and twenty percent of it might be some important activity. So it's
1: the ones that come from you, Colin. It fits in that twenty percent. Yeah,
2: absolutely. (laughs) If it's my weekly (laughs) weekly insight, it's definitely the top twenty percent. So, a few thoughts on it. Most people have it open all day, um, and that is a massive problem. So what I tell people to do is think like a surgeon. So. Mm With a surgeon, when they go into surgery, they they you know they prep, they put on their put on their gloves, they head into surgery, they do the surgery, and then they head out of surgery. So they don't stay in surgery necessarily all day. And so, um, think of it like being a surgeon. So come in at predetermined times and time frames. So usually I'll set a timer and say, okay, I'm going to spend 50 minutes, or I'm going to spend half an hour, and just literally set a timer for myself in my emails. Uh, so that I, I'm kind of in and out. So like a surgery, in and out. Um, that's one thing. Another thing is is what I call decision flow in your inbox. So what I mean by that is is a lot of the time we kind of sift through things and we don't know what we're supposed to do with them. And so we usually don't have a clear set of rules that we follow consistently to make easy, fast, effortless decisions with emails. And what happens is I talked about that prefrontal cortex you know, juice that we have is all used up in just almost prioritizing our emails, and it's wasted. And so decision flow is about having a clear guideline and structure around making decisions on emails. Uh, One example might be, one example that I use, and the part of the decision flow process is, will this take longer than two minutes or under two minutes? And so if it's over two minutes, I'll put it in an over two folder because that becomes an actual task because sometimes a task will take 50 minutes from an email and we wonder why we spend all day in it. So it's like is it over two minutes or under two minutes is the first decision or the first kind of thought that I put in my head. Um, And the the last distinction is what I call um, I think you need filter fury and filter fury is it's kind of like sending ninjas out ahead of you to slice and dice your emails so that the stuff that you get is is clear and not cluttered. And if you haven't set up effective filters or you don't have, I mean, for me personally, I have a VA who, who does filtering for me as well. So that's part of her job. So she's like my little ninja. Um, and she slices and dices my emails and sets, she actually sets up my over to folder. Um, so I've taught her all these strategies. But people can, I mean, I teach corporate people and, and small business owners how to do this you know, all the time. So basically, you filter through them quickly. You work out what is your over to, um, but you set up some filters so that ahead of time, um, it actually blocks stuff coming in. A great example of that is is Unroll.me. Um, so Unroll.me is yep. a really nice kind of online platform that is beautiful filtering system on top of your normal filters. So they're kind of, you know, three ideas around think like a surgeon, you know, have decision flow, have some key uh, decision uh, criterias, um and um and the third one was LT.
1: The unroll me, I actually unroll used me. That. Yeah, I've actually filter got theory. Rid of, oh man, I've done that once, and uh, to be able to just get rid of a whole bunch of stuff that I've signed up for for over years, it's amazing. Actually, now, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's just something I, I just came across yesterday. Um, someone was talking about, uh, you know how you know getting your inbox to zero. It's actually a, an amazing feeling to be able to just. <laughs> Just yeah, so archive he, everything, right? And then get to zero. It's like, ah, oh, it's like this big relief. And then someone else said, he goes, well, you know what's better than zero inbox is having no inbox whatsoever. Now, yeah, that's that, a pretty that's, hard that's... concept to get around. I'm still wrapping my head around, but I may do that one day yeah. uh, where I just have no email. Don't contact me by <laughs> my email. <laughs> that's yeah. another solution.
2: Yeah. It's a bit more permanent. Well, But,
0: uh, Cole, like, this is an interesting point because a lot of people, I mean, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. But, like, email is a very um, – Uh, for want of a better term, it's an antisocial way to communicate. Like we don't have to have a hard conversation uh, if we put in an email, but we know that we hate getting an email where someone's got a stern um, tone or if we've got a directive from a boss or whatever and it's like, hi, Colin, I need this by Monday, close of business. Um, Like 20 years ago that didn't happen. Like that had to be a real person conversation. So at the same time that we th- talk about it as a golden dream of, of not having an inbox, like, does there need to be a balance um, in this high tech world of actually knowing when the time is to actually pick up the phone and have a chat versus just putting it in an email?
2: Oh, completely. I mean, my one of my biggest rules is is it's uh, emails unemotional. So if there's any emotional content in there, it, it it's actually a phone call. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. same as a text message. And what what most think is they think that if I send it over email I'm almost protected a little bit like there's like a filter because I'm behind my keyboard and then the other person gets it on their screen so there's like a filter but what what the, the studies show is that it actually heightens the emotional content yeah, of, of what the person has said um, so it has the opposite effect. But that's um, common sense isn't it? Like we would
0: hate to be broken up with a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend <laughs> over text message Yeah. right? So it would just rile the person even more. Everyone generally would know that, wouldn't they? But at the same time, it doesn't stop people from doing it because they get almost like the instantaneous lessening of pain, even though they have to deal with the bigger things later on.
1: It's definitely safer, right? So, hey, Colin, um, love to talk a little bit about some hacks um, for you to be able to share with us. What are some of your, you know, maybe top three, maybe top five hacks, depending on how short they are, um, on productivity regards to, you know, notifications or just getting things done? Like, what are your top three, five things that you do on a regular basis um, that works really well for most people?
2: Mm. Yeah, so, uh, like, from a hack side of things, uh, I know for me, I mean, personally, I'm not a great typer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can type okay, but but I'm not fantastic. I'm more a talker. So uh, using like some sort of voice-to-text system, uh, I mean, I'm on Mac, so it's got a built-in, you just press the function key twice and then you can just speak. Um, I find that way. Really? I didn't think. know that. Yeah, there you go. There the you bottom go. left. You press
0: function key twice and you can talk out your email.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, that's <laughs> – Yeah yeah so that's built into a macbook pro or something like that
1: i find that doesn't actually like for me they just don't understand my chinglish i don't know what it is but they don't they, honestly they just can't write what i tell them to
0: <laughs> we all find it difficult to understand your chinglish so why are you
1: expecting siri to understand your chinglish well, siri understands me but somehow my mac doesn't i don't know why but i just i'm the reason i am being serious So do, do you find that do you have to train it like you know i know there's uh dragon i think it's dragon voice yeah, sure or speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, true, uh, dragon speaking i think or whatever it's called uh, there's an app for it do you find that you actually have the training or is it automatic is it really good for you specifically I
2: mean, they, i've heard that it says that it trains i don't know if that's true or not i haven't really noticed that all that much but for me talking on my phone is really bad in terms of like the 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 accuracy mm-hmm. but i find on the computer. It sits at around, I would say, eighty-five to ninety percent. Wow,
0: that's great.
2: um So, and and I've learnt how to talk properly to it, and I've found that that's almost like my <laughs> hello, Lawrence. <laughs> this is Colin Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still faster than my typing. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here thinking I I would go nuts because I'm a bit of a manic. I'm about to have a heart attack, kind of typist. <laughs> like the world's about to end. Um, but uh, if you feel like yeah, you obviously find that if you're talking and it's getting it right, that that is better but than I typing it out.
2: Absolutely, absolutely yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I find it pretty good personally. Um, and I haven't I haven't used PC version. Uh, with like dragon naturally speaking but I'm pretty sure the new windows has it um, built in as well Uh, so for me I write a lot of proposals as well so when I'm working with like large corporates and so forth and honestly like this would probably save me 60 minutes a day sometimes Mm. easily Um, uh, and even when I'm I'm writing a book at the moment like and, and like I'm literally talking my entire book out and, and it's writing it out as opposed to typing it. And I would so you, probably never write a book otherwise. So, so you might do like a 1,000 words. You might read out a 1,000 words
0: um, and it will get 850, 900 words correct. And you correct. just read over it and yeah. go back. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I guess the other way too, Colin, is it's like we, you know, we would Voxer it, you know, use the app Voxer or use, use some sort of voice memo and then send it to your VA, which is virtual assistant for those of you don't know, and and then get them to type it out. Um, or you can actually send, you know, to transcripts or to whoever. They actually, you know, pay paid services where they can actually uh, transcribe it to as well, which is fantastic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I was going to mention that as one of my technology hacks. Sorry. Uh, Voxer. No, that's right. Uh, you Voxer for me, which you obviously use. Uh, is such a beautiful tool. It's so simple. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of complexity, but it's like you know, like a walkie-talkie system if you haven't used it, especially if you've got a virtual assistant. Um, it's a beautiful way to communicate. And, and how I do it is, I talk to my virtual assistant and she can type. She, she can't right. talk to me. She can. <laughs> that sounds really mean.
1: No, no. That's the exact same rule that I have. Don't, yeah. Please don't talk back. I'll please talk to you. You back. type yeah. back because I can read a text a lot faster than listening to your message.
2: <laughs> Correct. Correct. There's plenty of love for her but she's not allowed to talk to me. That's right. Uh, <laughs> So in, in the most
1: the nicest way possible. In
2: the nicest way possible. Absolutely. So yes, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it sounds quite intense, but yeah, I, I do exactly the same. I talk, she texts back. Um I mean any sort of like calendar, you know, calendar, um like time trade or calendly uh system where basically you decide what what options are available to book in with appointments and they you send the link, I find that yeah. It's um yeah, that really helpful. Uh, Text Expander is a really nice little program that I use a lot. Uh, so Text Expander is basically like if you've got sentences or paragraphs that you do a lot. So for example, I do a lot of printing and for my workshops. And so I've got a little um you know icon where basically I type it in and it's P R I N T and then it just smashes out about you know fifty lines of all of my printing specifications for the printer. Oh, so, so, so I find that really helpful. I think it's around fifty dollars or something like that. Um, it's not cheap, but it's 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 really really helpful. Um, Text is really helpful. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's cool. Great. great hacks in there. Um, I've got to ask you. Um, a lot of people listening to this are human beings. Everyone listening to this is human beings. It's very good. You never know, man. We
1: we reach we, we, our audience could be reaching Mars.
0: One of the one of the telltale one-liners, and I'm sure you get this all the time, is This is all great, Cole, but I just don't have the time to implement all of these hacks and do the um, email therapy that you've been discussing with LT. Thinking like a surgeon and decision flow and um, all of this, you know, limited juice and all the stuff we've been talking about. I just don't have the time to actually go and do all of this. What do you say? Because this comes up a lot. What do you say to people when they tell you they don't have
2: the time? Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's never about time, first of all, because uh, it can never be about time because time is the ultimate equalizer. So, it it's always has to come back to it's actually about priorities. So, if someone says, you know, I don't have time, they're actually lying to themselves What they're actually telling themselves is that's not a priority for me right now. And that's okay. Like there's no guilt on that. But just being real with yourself and facing the reality that it's you're actually saying it's not a priority. You're not saying you don't have time yeah. Um, because time's never going to change. You've always got 24 hours a day. Everyone's got the same amount of time. So that's one big thing is like realizing that you're actually letting yourself off the hook all the time. So taking that personal responsibility and, you know, I'm personally, I'm not like a hard line guy. Um, but that's the reality of it: is that it's actually you're actually saying it's not a priority. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed with high performers is that they will do activities that buy back time in the future. So I know I kind of just said you know you're never going to get any more time, but it's almost not true in a sense that you can do activities that will actually create more time in the future. So for example. You know, spending, you know, I could do, you know, I I create workbooks quite a lot for my workshops. Now, I could create the workbook myself every single time, or I can create a video for my assistants to create it. Now, to create the video will take me an extra probably half an hour to an hour, but if I do that extra half an hour to an hour, within two or three months, I am I will literally be creating time for myself because normally I would have been doing the workbooks myself, but now because they're trained up in them, I'm actually buying back that time because I don't have to create it anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. For sure. I think it's, sure.
1: you know, the, the hard part, I think, for a lot of people, and I know this is hard for me, so I'm just going to mention it, is that oftentimes it's actually the time to and spending the priority, I guess, is to actually set up the systems yeah. to make that happen, you know, right from the beginning so you don't have to repeat it. Like, for example, like the, the printing code you just said, right? Yes. It's writing out the, you know, the 50 words or whatever, that paragraph mm-hmm. once, and then spending the, the extra couple of minutes to actually put it on text expander. So that you don't ever have to do it again. Mm. You know, most people don't, they just like, oh, just, uh, it's not that much. But if you do it over and over again, it's just like that, you know, a minute here, a couple of minutes there, an hour here, they all add up. And then those are the hours and minutes that you don't get to spend time with your, with projects that you care about or spend time with family that I'm sure all of us care about.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it's exactly. So high performers think that it's worth the time to do that. Mm. Um, and yeah, like, like for example, if you save five minutes every single month doing it over a period of time, even if it takes you, let's say it takes you 20 minutes to set up over two or three months, all of a sudden you've made back that time and then you're going to continue to make back that time forever. Um, it's a mindset. I think
1: it's a mindset. If you do, if you care about five minutes, then you're going to care about an hour. You Completely, I mean? And it's just that, that whole mindset that you care, because if you don't care about five minutes or you don't care about an hour, then a day goes by without you caring. And that's when we get into trouble. So, Colin, you know, we're, we're coming to about three more minutes left in the, in the podcast. I know it goes by fast. But, you know, one of the key things that w- people look at productivity, you know, gurus like yourself, you know, they think like, yeah, yeah, but he's got his stuff together. You know, he's been doing this for a long time and he knows his stuff and it's easy for him. It's like anything. Right, you look at a sports star, and they go, oh, that you know, he's a basketball star. But that's because he's good at. It. He's or athletic. He's got the gene or whatever." Yeah. So let's look at the other side of you, and you know, be honest with us. Like how how often are you productive in a day? You know, percentage wise, mm. and and I'm sure I'm sure that that whatever the time is, I'm sure it's more productive than most people. So, but this this so that people really know that you know that maybe i'm maybe you're, maybe i'm totally wrong on this but maybe, maybe you are 100 percent.
0: perfect but yeah
1: but i just would love to know i'd love to know like are you 100 percent productive each and every single day and if not what would your percentage be and how do you kind of get yourself back into that productivity state when your your mind slips a little bit
2: mm, yeah so uh I mean, for me, I'm not naturally productive, like I said at the start. Mm. Uh, So I wouldn't say I'm naturally a disciplined person. My wife is a lot more disciplined than me. So that's why I realized I needed this stuff and I kind of became obsessed about it. Uh, So for me, I, I really like to think realistic with goals and with managing your time. And I find that that's really helpful for people because a lot of the time, we create massive lists like we've got a list of 30 things that we need to get done and we just add more to it than we're actually getting done. So it's very much a mind game and so we almost just dump guilt on ourselves the whole time. I call that list our procrastination list which is like just a whole lot of things that you should be doing. Um, but I think for me, uh, I would say what I generally share with my clients uh, in workshops um, and coaching is is the, if you can get three hours of of good quality work done. Now, when I say good quality work, I mean it's like work that's going, that is actually a, a, a priority. It's going to make a difference in your business. It, it has some dollar value for you um, or some impact value. If you could get three hours of work done in an eight hour day, like that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I right. would say that's a pretty good day. I
1: um, think that's important. Like, I, that's why I wanted people to know because a lot of people yeah. think that, you know, they have eight hours in a the day, they need to be productive eight hours, all eight hours, and they feel guilty about it. But I want, you know what you're saying—the high performers really, like they function if they function and put out three hours of work, like massive, you know, achievements in that three hours. Their day is pretty much done. No different than a kids. You know, when they go to school, literally, you can fit a, a term in twelve weeks. You know, working, you know, really studying only about three to four hours a day. The rest mm-hmm. of the time is not to say yeah. it's filler time, but if you you can get a kid to focus on the task at hand, you know, a lot of curriculums can be done within three to four hours. And that's, completely, yeah. And th- this is what we're talking about from a productivity point of view. You can actually. Squeeze a lot out of you you know yourself and get so much done in three hours, which is great.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, I've got like I know I didn't have time for it today, but I've got a whole scale of basically the six key activities that you can function on. Because let's say you took that three hours, you can function on deliberate work, you can function on strategic work, you can function on distracted work. Like Mm. there's all different functions that you can do within that three hours. So it's actually what you do that makes the difference. It's not almost. It's not actually how long. You spend on it as well.
1: Yeah. Well, Colin, thanks, man. It's just so it's so great to hear, and I think one of the key things insights is too as well is that you know I, I I mentioned this many times that I'm I'm terrible at productivity, but people have a perception that I have a lot of productivity, and I think that's the same <laughs> thing with, with Colin as well. Is like people perceive mm. people who are, are high who are producing a lot of high, you know high quality stuff that they're naturally gifted at that, and that's why I brought this last question up because I think mm. it's important to understand that most people who are actually Um, Producing or have high productivity is usually because they're not disciplined and they had to figure out a way in their life <laughs> to build discipline. It's and it's the best
0: form of accountability. Exactly. running his business.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and that's what it is. So most of us are not great productivity type of people, so therefore you just need to build a system around it and and find ways that work for you. So I hope that you got a lot of I know you got a lot of value out of this today and and we'll definitely uh, you know if you want to know more information about Colin, um, we're definitely going to put in the show notes a link. Um, he's got a couple of webinars and he's also got a couple of courses that you know I think will, you know, absolutely um, you know Change your life and the way you see things. So, uh, Colin, thank you so much for your time and your expertise, and uh, thanks for jumping on on the Inside Champions of Minds podcast.
2: Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Cole.
1: Guys, love make it. sure you go to uh, Facebook.com, go to in, slash Intel Champions Mind, like it there, comment below this particular episode and let us know what you think. And maybe you can share with us your favorite productivity hack so that we can learn from you too as well. Go to the thewellnesscouch.com to check us our brand new Facebook, uh, sorry, our brand new website and uh, the format. I'd love to hear your feedback on that too. And like I said, the thewellnesssummit.com. Make sure you be there. I'd love to, love to, love to see you there. And, uh, actually, um, um, we'll love to make sure that's uh, a. Marcus? He wants a hug for sure. So make sure you absolutely. give absolutely. Make sure you get a hug from him. So guys, make sure you also subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a comment there, and uh, and make sure that you give us uh, some sort of rating so that uh, we are seen by the world and maybe into Mars as well. Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome <laughs> mediocrity in pursuit of being world class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam. He's Marcus Pierce, and with also Colin Boyd. See you on the next episode.